This is Cartel Conversations, the Micro Model Railway Podcast with your hosts, Ian Holmes and Tom Conway. Hello, good evening. Welcome to episode 39 of Cartel Conversations, the podcast of the Micro Model Railroad Cartel and the Micro Model Railway Dispatch Ezine. Along with me tonight is my co-host and creator of the Micro Model Railroad Cartel, Tom Conboy. Well, good evening, Ian. How are you doing? I'm pretty good, Tom. Pretty good. Well, that's good. Same here. Well, you and I, we've been uh, quite the busy beavers lately with our model railway projects. <laughs> oh, no kidding. You know, I'm I'm on such a roll you know, right now. I have too many ideas again. I, I've got some old abandoned concepts that I want to revisit. Yeah, I need more hours in the day. Plus, you know, I'm also going on a vacation that will likely yield some more inspiration for me. Well, with that, let's jump right into project updates. Tell us what's been going on with your 16 millimeter project. Well, the 16 millimeter layout is basically done. You know, done in the sense that I've stopped counting the days on the blog. You know, it could go to a show right now, the state that it's in. You know, and then the final day count uh, was 30 days. So I worked on it for about a month, you know, off and on. Uh, So the the final step is a workable system for the train cassettes and the sector plate design, you know, and I think I've got that down. Uh, All I need is to make my first production version and the prototype seems to work. All I'm doing now is really is detailing, you know, uh, things like making weeds, which is (laughs) something you can do in 16 millimeter scale. I mean, it's basically it's like making small trees you know you remember the twisting wire method mm-hmm. i mean basically you're just twisting wires together you know it's it's a lot of fun it, you know i really didn't know that I, how it would go you know the end result is looking quite respectable you know and i even had three different recognizable types of plant out of the end of it so i mean i got some yarrow and some cow parsley and some goldenrod i mean you know, there's those like um, plant recognition apps on your iPhone or your Android or whatever. And I like took photographs of my weeds and the plant recognition software recognized them. So yeah. I must have been doing the job right. That was pretty cool. That was pretty exciting to have my model plants recognized for what they were you know so really that's it you know the layout is done it runs it's it's a lot of fun i got like i say few little bits and pieces to do but nothing major at all so it's done it's finished with you know if you want to see it it's going to be at railroad days in randolph minnesota on october the 21st and 22nd wow that sounds great that's cool well, I finished my 2022 Christmas micro layout, my challenge bill. I finally finished it. It's Yay! only It's only nine months too late to enter the contest. So, but, uh, you know, I knew last year with, with everything, I wasn't going to get it finished in time. And uh, I had planned on finishing it up. So uh, I finally had finished that recently. And uh, I've also started on my 2023 challenge bill. I figure I'm running out of time. It's getting short. <laughs> I better get a start on that. But uh I'm decided to go ahead and go with my usual duo of baseboard materials, foam core and green florist foam. Green florist foam I use is actually a stiff cellular kind. 
it's not the kind that soft, squishy, uh, dense foam that you mm-hmm. find in a lot of plants that'll hold water. It's made for people who uh, make artificial flower wreaths. It's nice and dense, and it's a little pricey, but uh, I like it because it doesn't have all the uh, static uh, pieces of foam mm-hmm. that you get yeah. when you, uh, you know, like beadboard foam yeah. does that, mm-hmm. the white foam does, and yeah. and even the uh, extruded foam sometimes gets kind of uh, staticky with it and all, but uh, I like it. It works pretty good. I'm just doing a circle of track, you know, because this is for the pizza layout, mm-hmm. and it's just uh, five millimeter thick foam core, three sixteenths inch thick. I went ahead and laminated them together for additional stiffness. And then I'm putting the green floors foam. It's going to go uh, on top of that and create landforms. And then I'll probably use hardboard masonite to uh, make a fascia board around it. So we'll see how that goes. Excellent. I shall uh, look forward to uh, watching the development on that one then. We're going to talk a little bit more about that coming up here as well, about the 2023 challenge, because we are down to three months to go on that. Three months. Oh, dear. (laughs) Right. Well, if you are new to the world of micro layouts, you will at some point come across people building layouts using shelves and storage boxes from Ikea. The old Swedish flat pack modernist furniture chain. Ikea have produced many products over the years that are usable for the micro layout modeler. The most obvious one is the old APA box, of course. I used that uh, some 12 years ago now, was it? Uh, well, bef- and before that, I tried something called the uh, snack box. And uh, many of these products are only on the market for a year or two, and then they get replaced by something else. And this rapid turnover helps keep uh, their product lines contemporary you know and the snack like the appa appa box is no longer available and i've seen appa boxes going for silly prices on uh, ebay yeah <laughs> haven't you yeah <laughs> i see just about everything at silly prices on ebay anymore but anyway i digress go ahead <laughs> yeah you know there are other good products out there so you know and the great thing if like me you have no ability in woodworking and cut oh all the cutting and measuring is done for you you know and also if you're an apartment dweller and the use of power tools to make a baseboard would be frowned upon you know you don't want like a jigsaw going in your living room in a small apartment but uh, all these things are taken out of your hands you know all you need to make something in most cases is a, a screwdriver or a hex wrench you know and those are always supplied you bring up a good question. So just what products are there for the micro layout builder? Oh, you know, there's a lot of plain looking shells with those Scandinavian sounding names like Troxholt and Tranholt or, or Burholt. You know, IKEA make many attractive looking brackets that you can mount the finished layouts on so that, uh, you know, they will look nice if you display them on your wall though you'll have a nice shelf with a nice layout on it with some nice brackets underneath makes the whole thing look nice and and presentable you know one shelf that has been quite popular in the uk is the lac shelf and uh, many a uk modeler has built a layout on the lac shelf and i think this might be because of the size it's like 
10 and a half to 11 inches deep and four feet long. So you can get an ingle nook type track plan in there or a tuning fork. You can get those built on there. I think we've even featured a few lack layouts in the dispatch. I'd have to double check that. I got yeah. a question for you, too. Are the lac shells available in the U.S. or are they yes. just is it just in the U.S.? Okay, and they oh, still yes. out. They haven't discontinued them. Yet. They haven't discontinued those, not yet. No. Okay. So the product line is pretty global. So it's like mm-hmm. if you you can probably get a, a lac shelf in Australia or New Zealand right. or, mm-hmm. or somewhere. Yes. Yeah, so, and then you get into the the storage boxes. Um, like there's like Naglig, K N A G G L I G. And then there's Optaterra. I mean, I don't know where the names come from, but uh, the thing is with like storage containers, you can use those however you like. Think you can like have them on their side. You could have them upside down. When I used the snack box originally, I used them upside down because if you turn the box upside down, the base was like inset into the walls, and that inset was like the same width as a cork tile. Eighth of an inch, quarter of an inch, eighth of an inch. Probably eighth of an inch. Eighth of an inch. You could lay a couple of cork tiles in the base upside down. That was something I was working on with those. And then there was the uh, upper box, of course, and people were using the upper box on its side, or they were using it as it was supposed to be seen, or they were using it tipped through 90 degrees. That's the thing with storage boxes. You could use them exactly how you want to. And I've seen people on some form using the Naglig to great effect. And it's like 18 by 14 or something. So you just get a simple Mm -hmm. you get a simple tuning fork track plan in there. But uh, and that's the thing. You are dealing with a confined. Well, you're not you're. Not de- I mean, we always deal with confined areas in micro layout building, but these it's fixed, it's solid. You know, you build the cabinet, you build the box, and there you go. You, it's not like designing your own layout and building your own baseboard. If you're going to have a micro layout in a Naglig box, the Naglig is that size, and you've got to fit your idea to fit that box. So it's a whole different kind of like. Uh, mindset for using that one thing i saw recently was james hilton was discussing the moss lander which is basically a picture shelf it's about 20 inches long maybe a bit shorter by about four inches deep and he was talking about building an end scale layout in there and having lit frame and cabinet all around the uh the layout and it's a very interesting concept uh, but that's this is just like a four inch deep shelf you know what picture shelves are like i mean it's just mm-hmm. a small shelf with a groove in the base and you just like stand your framed picture in this shelf so i mean this is going to be an interesting one to follow i'm looking forward to seeing that one i suppose we should also talk about the world of the ikea hacker here you know people who take an ikea product and repurpose it you know so sometimes a hack can be quite simple like uh, the way an item is assembled to create something different or things being like twisted for like a totally different purpose you know uh, there's a website called uh, ikeahackers.net if you want to check this stuff out and uh, i saw one on there where they'd taken like two bread bins turned them on their side and made them into a bedside table 
it's really clever creative stuff and i think you know it's something that people should just like take a look at you know i'm not sure if using shelves and toy boxes for model railway baseboards uh, counts as a true ikea hack but uh, like i said you know using the confines of an ikea product for micro layouts certainly makes you think about your planning The Micro Model Railway Dispatch is the journal for those interested in the designing, building and operating of Micro Model Railway layouts. Released four times a year and full of inspirational layouts and articles, it's your gateway to the world of micro layouts. The dispatch is free and available for download from micromodelrailwaydispatch.com. There you can download the current and all back issues. You can also show your appreciation and support for the magazine's future through buymeacoffee.com. In addition, you can be placed on the mailing list to access the magazine early by contacting the editor at mmrdeditor at gmail.com. Our annual Christmas micro layout challenge is ongoing with the build deadline getting closer. As I said earlier in the program, only three months to go. I reserve the right to build something else and not participate because the, I told you last month I have a circular baseboard in the model railway room with a circular track laid on it. And that's as far as it's gone. It may not happen, but then again, it may happen. So it we'll may see. or but it may not happen. Sounds to me like you're leaning towards it might not happen. Who knows how I'm going to be inspired by my uh, forthcoming vacation? You never know. Yep, and that might uh, spark the fire, so we'll see uh, what happens. Yeah. But, uh, I'm still undecided about scale, but uh, I was originally thinking about going with N-Scale. I was all set, got everything set up. I forgot I already used up my flex track and didn't have enough of my sectional track that I had left over from many, many years ago and realized I was going to have to go out and buy a bunch of track. And I really didn't want to do that for this. And so I decided I was going to go ahead and do something in a win 30. I still have several pieces of uh, old code 100 and some code 83 flex track. I have more code 100 than I do code 83, but uh, uh, I probably got enough code 83 to do this project since I've pretty much just doing a loop of track or a circle of track. Mm -hmm. uh, that's pretty much going to be it. I also have a big old bag of ON30 wood ties that I had ordered off eBay uh, for the old uh, Halt Station Square Foot Challenge a couple years ago. So I've got plenty of those and I've still got uh, track nails and other things. So I, I think I'm just going to go ahead and hand lay the track and do that. I that's kind of fun and relaxing to do that. I know that's mm -hmm. that's not always your big thing about hand laying track, although you kind of got into that a little bit here not too long ago. Well, I don't know. You know, I mean, it's the uh, laying the track for my 16 mil scale layout. I mean, I don't enjoy it at all, but the um, finished effect looks good. And besides, you know, I'm not laying 100 feet of track. So, I mean, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, give me an endless supply of cup of tea and some good music and I'll blunder my way through it details about the contest are posted on the micro bottle railroad cartel facebook group under the featured section at the top of the page and you can also find that at the micro model railroad cartel blog and that website is mmrrc.blogspot.com 
I don't like to go on about my own personal experiences uh, here on the podcast. You know, I have my own blogs for that. You know, podcasts and the magazine are not about about me. It's for it's about the listeners and the readers, you guys. But uh, you know, something happened to me the other day, and you know, it made me think. And I thought we could talk about it a bit. So I, I hope it's an experience that, that we all go through. And maybe hopefully we all go through it quite regularly. We, we should, I think. So many of you, if you're on the uh, cartel Facebook page or the dispatch or even my personal modeling Facebook page or my modeling blogs, you will have seen that picture of the rusted skip wagon there end of a weed grown siding you know and uh has to be said i'm pretty pleased with it it feels to me like my modeling and my observational abilities have just like really gone up a whole new level you know we all progress in this hobby you know we all started out with a little train set on the carpet as we spend more time working on our layouts we develop you know we learn new skills you know we become better at them and then learn more new skills you know and after a while things that we thought were impossible become easy you know sometimes you don't even notice the progress and then one day you have like that picture of the rusted skip at the end of the siding sometimes you notice it and kind of like hits you in the face sometimes it really gives you a good slapping how on earth did i get to this stage in my model making and when you think about it it's always been lots of little steps and all these little steps amount to one big step we can probably put the rusted skip wagon picture on the facebook page for you again so you can take a look at it if you haven't seen it but i'm sure you have but uh, you see in that picture there's a lot of whole little steps that came together to create that one big step you know the first thing was the skip wagon itself the uh, peter binney kit the 16 millimeter kit you I mean this is 16 mil is still a new scale to me i mean i've barely been in 16 mil seriously for like a year you know barely i don't have many kits i've not don't usually make a lot of wagon kits i'm usually content to buy ready to run stuff when i'm working in other scales but you can't do that in 16 mil and if i have got kits a lot of time there's many many parts to them i've got half a dozen slater's wagon kits in an english o scale that i haven't finished yet because there's a lot of parts to them. There's a lot of work to them. There's these Binny, Peter Binny skip kits, absolutely great. And, you know, they've only got about a dozen parts. I could count them on the top of my head. You know, there's, there's, there's no more than 10 to a dozen parts in them. So you can make them really, really quickly. I got a wagon kit finished. And it's a wagon kit that runs nicely. And it looks great. That wagon is like battered and, and rusty. You know, I mean, there's a, here's another thing. I, I don't weather things. I don't trust myself. You know, mm. if I want weathered, you know, I buy ready to run trains with the with the weathering already on them. You know, but like you're saying, 16 mil, you can't do this. Uh, so you have to learn how to weather. And it's not perfect, you know, 
but I did things with this I haven't done. I mean, the, the rim of that skip is all like twisted and banged and battered up, you know, and it's like somebody told me how to do that. You know, all you do is just get a pair of pliers and just warm the rim of the skip and then just like twist it and go around and twist it. And there you go. It looks like a battered wagon, you know, and then people just tell you, OK, so just like it's rusty. So skip wagons are battered and rusty. So you just find the right coloured rust for it. It seemed to go fairly well. And, you know, it's something that I've never done there before. So I was like, I've never built a battered, rusty wagon before. I mean, there are limitations with the binny skip, but I'm happy with what I've done there. The wagon, that was the first step, you know. And uh, something else in there is like static grass. You know, I haven't used static grass until very recently. You know, while... All you people were like covering your layouts with grass fibers from expensive applicators or even the home built ones. You know, I was still in the last century using scatter materials. You know, I had convinced myself that these fibers of grass, you know, were round, whereas, you know, a blade of grass has width. So I thought, well, the two can't possibly look the same. And, you know, to a certain extent, I still believe that. But... You know, the way the those long fibres grow, around, especially around that timber bulk there at the end of the siding. I mean, that looks very pleasing. Yeah, you know, I actually found a photograph on the Internet the other day of overgrown grass that actually looked like static grass. So, you know, I'm slowly coming around to the fact that static grass works. Yeah, another thing in that picture is uh, the timber bulk there at the siding end. That's distressed. I mean, that's something I hadn't even thought about before. You know, all you have to do is drag a razor saw blade down it a few times. You know, that's not that's not difficult. And that's something that works across the scales as well, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, the weeds, the weeds were like the last step. I have no idea at all why I thought modelling individual plants was something I could do. I mean, Roy Link's Crow's Nest Tramway book is something that I've been going to very often while I've been working on this project. And I saw his nettles and things like that. I'm thinking, yeah, I don't need to do that. But yeah, then I just tried it i was on some kind of a roll and i felt like it was something i needed to try and uh yeah because i'm always out running and i'm out on the trail and i'm seeing weeds everywhere all the time i would look at them i think well you know this is no different to making trees yeah and Mm -hmm. um i've made trees using uh electrical wire i made those in t-scale for my um hitsu and gonu layouts i thought something T-scale trees and 16-millimeter scale weeds, there can't be a lot of difference. The technique has to be basically the same. So I made half a dozen, you know, and that went okay. Then I made another dozen, and I was getting better. And then I made another 20 of them. So, you know, I've got... 40 weeds you know and the plant recognition software actually recognized these as goldenrod ragwort and cow parsley you know it's amazing to me that i could do this you know and strangely you know i find myself wanting to model nettles now so it's just the way these things roll one into the other you know and the 
so I started to plant these weeds on the layout, you know, and the the ragwort went at the sandpit end because if I was going to have the right plants, I was going to have them in the right place, you know, and uh, so the ragwort was growing in the sandpit because that's where they like to grow, you know, and I pushed the skip up against the timber bulk there just to see what it looked like. That's like some big penny dropped moment, you know. I looked at that and I just sat there for like five minutes or so just in total disbelief of what I did. I mean, I, 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 I don't like to go on about my own work. I mean, I, I just think that I'm distinctly average model maker and I'm not one of those model railway artists. But, yeah, you know, I think my spirit is heading in the right direction. I have to say it was fantastic modeling with the weeds and and, and I really like the skip on your 16 millimeter project. I really think that was top notch work. Nothing like success to increase that motivation. And I have to say, I think you and I both uh, stepped our game up uh, with our model work lately. We've kind of taken it up a notch a little bit there. So. Yeah. Not trying to brag or anything. I'm just saying, you know, no, when you're just... having success with it, you feel pretty good about it. I mean, that. yeah. So, I mean, I, I look at I look at your Christmas micro there with the full colors and. You got a YouTube video out there. I mean, I watched that and I just thought, oh man, this is so cool because there's lots, lots of nice little details in there. You watching that video of yours, you really did see. You got the gradient in there, didn't you? Yes, I'm real pleased. It was really fun. It, yeah, I, think I, mean, we, I, I love the four colours there on that. You know, he's got a nice mix of the yellows and the oranges, and yeah, it was great. I really liked watching that. So. Yep. Well, thanks. I appreciate it and enjoyed watching yours with the blogs and your posts that you've been doing. Well, anything else for this evening? I'm looking forward to vacation. I, I need it. You know, I'm, I've booked tickets for trips on the Festiniog and the uh, Talaslin Railways. And uh, I hope to check out a few other inspirational places and maybe it'll all come together and I'll end up with some kind of the North Wales micro layout at some point maybe my pizza challenge layout will be something north wales micro layout you never know but i'll send you a postcard tom that would be nice i look forward to getting it a big thank you to all the subscribers uh, who shared their feedback regarding delaying the release of the autumn issue i just want to say thank you because you all saved me a rush job on proofreading duties because ian was originally thinking about trying to get that out before he leaves but i don't have to so thank you appreciate it <laughs> and you know i was overwhelmed by the response when i asked the subscribers if they wanted to wait a few extra weeks or not you know 99.9 percent .9 of the respondents said they were happy to wait well 100% of them said they were happy to wait, but one person did say that they'd like to see a smaller magazine more often. You know, but I can only do that if I get more submissions. In that case, the ball is in everybody else's court. If you have any questions or comments, we'd like to hear from you. You can contact us at one of the following. You can email the show at microcartel at AOL.com. You can also leave a comment at the podcast blog page, and you can find that at microcartel.blogspot.com. If you use Facebook, be sure to join the Cartel Facebook group. Just search for the Micro Bottle Railroad Cartel. It is a private group, so you will have to join before viewing the group content. Please, please be sure to answer all three questions in order to join the Cartel group. From Ian and myself, thank you for listening.